Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, July 22nd. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God. As it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Pinchas. Numbers 29, 1-20 In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a sacred occasion. You shall not work at your occupations. You shall observe it as a day when the shofar is sounded. You shall present a burnt offering of pleasing odor to Hashem, one bull of the herd, one ram, and seven yearling lambs without blemish. The meal offering with them, choice flour with oil mixed in, shall be three-tenths of a measure for a bull, two-tenths for a ram, and one-tenth for each of the seven lambs. And there shall be one goat for a sin offering to make expiation in your behalf. In addition to the burnt offering of the new moon with its meal offering, and the regular burnt offering with its meal offering, each with its libation as prescribed, offerings by fire of pleasing odor to Hashem. On the tenth day of the same seventh month, you shall observe a sacred occasion when you shall practice self-denial. You shall do no work. 
you shall present to Hashem a burnt offering of pleasing odor, one bull of the herd, one ram, seven yearling lambs. See that they are without blemish. The meal offering with them, of choice flour with oil mixed in, shall be three-tenths of a measure for a bull, two-tenths for the one ram, one-tenth for each of the seven lambs. And there shall be one goat for a sin offering in addition to the sin offering of expiation, and the regular burnt offering with its meal offering, each with its libation. On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, you shall observe a sacred occasion. You shall not work at your occupations. Seven days you shall observe a festival of Hashem. You shall present a burnt offering, an offering by fire of pleasing odor to Hashem, thirteen bulls of the herd, two rams, fourteen yearling lambs. They shall be without blemish. The meal offerings with them, of choice flour with oil mixed in, shall be three-tenths of a measure for each of the thirteen bulls, two-tenths for each of the two rams, and one-tenth for each of the fourteen lambs. And there shall be one goat for a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering, its meal offering, and libation. Second day, twelve bulls of the herd, two rams, fourteen yearling lambs without blemish, the meal offerings and libations for the bulls, rams, and lambs, in the quantities prescribed, and one goat for a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering, its meal, and libations. Third day, eleven bulls, two rams, fourteen yearling lambs, without blemish. Second Chronicles six twelve to eight ten. Then, standing before the altar of Hashem in front of the whole congregation of Israel, he spread forth his hands. Solomon had made a bronze platform and placed it in the midst of the great court. It was five amot long and five amot wide and three amot high. He stood on it, then, kneeling in front of the whole congregation of Israel. He spread forth his hands to heaven and said, O God of Israel, there is no God like you in the heavens and on the earth, you who steadfastly maintain the covenant with your servants, who walk before you with all their heart, you who have kept the promises you made to your servant, my father David. You made a promise and have fulfilled it as is now the case. And now, O God of Israel, keep that promise that you made to your servant, my father David. You shall never lack a descendant in my sight sitting on the throne of Israel, if only your children will look to their way and walk in the path of my teachings, as you have walked before me. Now therefore, O God of Israel, let the promise that you made to your servant, my father David, be confirmed. Does Hashem really dwell with man on earth? Even the heavens to their uttermost reaches cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built! Yet turn, Hashem my God, 
to the prayer and supplication of your servant, and hear the cry and the prayer that your servant offers to you. May your eyes be opened day and night toward this house, toward the place where you have resolved to make your name abide. May you heed the prayers that your servant offers toward this place. And when you hear the supplications that your servant and your people Israel offer toward this place, give heed in your heavenly abode. Give heed and pardon. If a man commits an offense against his fellow, and an oath is exacted from him, causing him to utter an imprecation against himself, and he comes with his imprecation before your altar in this house, may you hear in heaven and take action to judge your servants, requiting him who is in the wrong by bringing down the punishment of his conduct on his head, vindicating him who is in the right by rewarding him according to his righteousness. Should your people Israel be defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and then once again acknowledge your name and offer prayer and supplication to you in this house, May you hear in heaven and pardon the sin of your people Israel and restore them to the land that you gave to them and to their fathers. Should the heavens be shut up and there be no rain because they have sinned against you and then they pray toward this place and acknowledge your name and repent of their sins because you humbled them, may you hear in heaven and pardon the sin of your servants your people Israel, when you have shown them the proper way in which they are to walk and to send down rain upon the land that you gave to your people as their heritage. So too, if there is a famine in the land, if there is pestilence, blight, mildew, locusts, or caterpillars, or if an enemy oppresses them in any of the settlements of their land, in any plague and in any disease, any prayer or supplication offered by any person among all your people Israel, each of whom knows his affliction and his pain, when he spreads forth his hands toward this house, may you hear in your heavenly abode and pardon. Deal with each man according to his ways, as you know his heart to be, for you alone know the hearts of all men so that they may revere you all the days that you live on the land that you gave to our fathers. Or, if a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, comes from a distant land for the sake of your great name, your mighty hand, and your outstretched arm, if he comes to pray toward this house, may you hear in your heavenly abode and grant whatever the foreigner appeals to you for. This, thus, All the peoples of the earth will know your name and revere you, as does your people Israel. And they will recognize that your name is attached to this house that I have built. When your people take the field against their enemies in a campaign on which you send them, and they pray to you in the direction of the city which you have chosen, and the house which I have built to your name, may you hear in heaven their prayer and supplication and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no person who does not sin, and you are angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, 
and their captors carry them off to an enemy land, near or far. And they take it to heart in the land to which they have been carried off, and repent, and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned, we have acted perversely, we have acted wickedly. And they turn back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their captivity, where they were carried off, and pray in the direction of their land which you gave to their fathers, and the city which you have chosen, and toward the house which I have built for your name. May you hear their prayer and supplication in your heavenly abode, uphold their cause, and pardon your people who have sinned against you. Now, my Hashem, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to prayer from this place. And now, advance, O Hashem, to your resting place, you and your mighty ark. Your Kohanim, O Hashem, are clothed in triumph. Your loyal ones will rejoice in your goodness. O Hashem, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the loyalty of your servant David. When Solomon finished praying, fire descended from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of Hashem filled the house. The Kohanim could not enter the house of Hashem, for the glory of Hashem filled the house of Hashem. All the Israelites witnessed the descent of the fire and the glory of Hashem on the house. They knelt with their faces to the ground and prostrated themselves, praising Hashem. For he is good, for his steadfast love is eternal. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before Hashem. King Solomon offered as sacrifices 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. Thus the king and all the people dedicated the house of Hashem. The Kohanim stood at their watches, the Leviim with the instruments for Hashem's music that King David had made to praise Hashem. For his steadfast love is eternal by means of the Psalms of David that they knew. The Kohanim opposite them blew trumpets while all Israel were standing. Solomon consecrated the center of the court in front of the house of Hashem because he presented there the burnt offerings and the fat parts of the offerings of well-being since the bronze altar that Solomon had made was not able to hold the burnt offerings, the meal offerings, and the fat parts. At that time Solomon kept the feast for seven days, all Israel with him. A great assemblage from Lebohamath to the Wadi of Egypt. On the eighth day they held a solemn gathering. They observed the dedication of the altar seven days, and the feast seven days. On the twenty-third day of the seventh month, he dismissed the people to their homes rejoicing and in good spirits over the goodness that Hashem had shown to David and Solomon and his people Israel. Thus Solomon finished building the house of Hashem 
and the royal palace. Solomon succeeded in everything he had set his heart on accomplishing with regard to the house of Hashem and his palace. Hashem appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and I've chosen this site as my house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens and there is no rain, if I command the locusts to ravage the land, or if I loose pestilence against my people, when my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my favor and turn from their evil ways, I will hear in my heavenly abode and forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayers from this place. And now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name be there forever. My eyes and my heart shall always be there. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked before me, doing all that I have commanded you, keeping my laws and rules, then I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever, in accordance with the covenant I had made with your father David, saying, You shall never lack a descendant ruling over Israel. But if you turn away from me and forsake my laws and commandments that I set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land that I gave them, and this house that I consecrated to my name I shall cast out of my sight, and make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And as for this house, once so exalted, everyone passing by it shall be appalled and say, Why did Hashem do thus to this land and to this house? And the reply will be, It is because they forsook God of their fathers, who freed them from the land of Egypt, and adopted other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore he brought all this calamity upon them. At the end of twenty years, during which Solomon constructed the house of Hashem and his palace, Solomon also rebuilt the cities that Hiram had given to him and settled Israelites in them. Solomon marched against Hamath Zobah and overpowered it. He built Tadmor in the desert and all the garrison towns that he built in Hamath. He built Upper Beth Horon and Lower Beth Horon as fortified cities with walls, gates, and bars, as well as Balath and all of Solomon's garrison towns, chariot towns, and cavalry towns, everything that Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem and in the Lebanon and throughout the territory that he ruled. All the people that were left of the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, none of whom were of Israeli stock, those of their descendants who were left after them in the land, whom the Israelites had not annihilated, these Solomon subjected to forced labor, as is still the case. But the Israelites, none of whom Solomon enslaved for his works, served as soldiers and as his chief officers and as commanders of his chariots and cavalry. These were King Solomon's prefects, 
250 foremen over the people. Romans 7, 14 to 8, 8. For we know that the Torah is spiritual, but I, Paul, am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the Torah that it is good. Now then it is no more than no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more the I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the Torah of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Yeshua HaMashiach our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Yeshua, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Yeshua has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Psalm 18, 1-15 I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. 
I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken, because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yes, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yes, he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. Proverbs 19, 24 and 25 A slothful man hides his hand in his bosom and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Smite a scorner, and the simple will beware. Reprove one that has understanding, and he will understand knowledge. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Second Chronicles chapter 6 and through 7 and 8. And in this chapter, we see this tremendous prayer that Solomon prays to dedicate the temple. And it's just an incredible prayer that he prays. And he's interceding and asking that when people pray at this temple site, he's imploring the Lord to hear from heaven, from his holy place. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant offers to you whenever there's blight or pestilence or bondage or oppression or if his people are scattered and in captivity and exile. Um, Should the heavens be shut up and there be no rain, then when they pray toward this place and acknowledge your name and repent of their sins because you humbled them, may you hear in heaven and pardon the sin of your servants, your people Israel. And so he, he continues on. He says, when any prayer or supplication is offered by any person among all of your people, when he spreads forth his hands toward this house, may you hear in your heavenly abode and pardon. And so there's the centrality of the temple. I believe there's a portal open over the site and the location of where the temple once stood, and that all that remains of that temple today is the western wall. 
And so the Jewish people throughout history, even when they went into exile um, up into Europe and all scattered to all the nations, because of this prayer and the holiness of the site of the temple, because God did reply to Solomon and he said, I'm going to place my name here. I'm going to make my abode here. They will turn and face east toward Jerusalem and toward the temple site because they're praying to that special place where God said he would abide. Uh, It goes on to say uh, in verse 32, If a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, comes from a distant land for the sake of your great name, your mighty hand, that's a hint pointing us to Yeshua, and your outstretched arm, if he comes to pray toward this house, may you hear in your heavenly abode and grant whatever the foreigner appeals to you for. So, It's an incredible and a very powerful prayer. And I think in mainstream Christianity, for us non-Jews, we tend to lose sight of the fact that this prayer is dedicating the temple and that the temple is a very special place. And it's a place where God's eye is attentive and focused. His ear is attentive and focused. Now, what happens after this prayer is given? is is amazing. Chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. When Solomon finished praying, fire descended from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of Hashem filled the house. The Kohenim could not enter the house of Hashem, for the glory of Hashem filled the house of Hashem. The glory manifested as a huge cloud. The Shekinah, the Shekinah, the glory of God, filled the house. They couldn't enter it. That's powerful. Now, the other thing I want to point out is that immediately after this prayer of dedication and the glory cloud filling the temple, happens, Solomon has the people keep Sukkot. So this happened leading right into the eight-day festival of Sukkot, which is in the fall. How do I know? Because in verse 8 and 9, it tells us that. At that time, Solomon kept the feast, that is Sukkot, for seven days, all Israel with him, a great assemblage. On the eighth day, they held a solemn gathering, and they observed the dedication of the altar, seven days, and the feast for seven days. That's very significant that Solomon chose to dedicate the temple at a feast day, at the time of Sukkot. And they dedicated the altar. They went through the seven-day dedication of the altar, which is laid out for us in Numbers chapter 7. Now, I want to zoom in on a a verse that a lot of people have memorized. They quote it often. It can be a magnet on your refrigerator. It's a very famous verse. Chapter 7, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 
verse 14. But I want to start with verse 13, and I want to continue on into verse 16, because that really puts it into framework. That really gives it context, and the context is often lost when you only read verse 14. So I'm going to start with verse 13, or actually I'm going to start with verse 12. Hashem appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, so this is God speaking to Solomon, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place as my house of sacrifice. So that's the context. He's saying, I've heard your prayer, and this place, this temple, is going to be my house of sacrifice. And this is God speaking now. If I shut up the heavens and there is no rain, if I command the locusts to ravage the land, or if I let loose pestilence, against my people. Pestilence. Interesting. We've been dealing with COVID for the last couple of years worldwide. Now, we know that the story is that it was engineered in a lab, the Wuhan lab in China, and it was released intentionally, and perhaps that's true. But ultimately, God is sovereign. He's the Most High. He allows things. He orchestrates things. So, ultimately, God is the one who's allowed this pestilence to ravage the earth. And here he's saying, if I let loose pestilence against my people. Now let's look at verse 14. When my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray, and seek my favor, and turn from their evil ways. I will hear in my heavenly abode and forgive their sins and heal their land. But let's continue on to verse 15. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers from this place. This is a temple-centric mandate, a temple-focused principle. God is saying, I, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to your prayers from this place. We take verse 14 out of context and we think, oh, let's just, let's get together and have a prayer meeting and everybody repent here in, in LA or San Diego or Washington, D.C. or New York or Chicago or wherever you happen to be. But this is saying, I will hear the prayers from this place, from the temple. Verse 16, and now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart shall always be there. God's eyes and his heart will always be there. Now, does he hear our prayers when we're not at the temple. Of course he does. And he hears and he listens and he answers. But there's something very special about the site of the temple, Mount Moriah, the very place where Abraham offered up Isaac as a sacrifice. Mount Moriah, the threshing floor that David purchased. Mount Moriah, the the location of both the first temple, Solomon's temple, and the second temple and where the Western Wall remains to this day. But God also gives a warning to Solomon. 
And he says to him in verse 19, If you turn away from me and forsake my laws and commandments that I set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land that I gave them, and this house that I consecrated to my name I shall cast out of my sight and make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And as for this house once so exalted, everyone passing by it shall be appalled and say, Why did Hashem do thus to this land and to this house? So the temple has been destroyed. The first temple, Solomon's temple, was destroyed and burned to the ground on the ninth of Av. The second temple, which never had the Shekinah, the glory cloud, in it, the presence of God never inhabited it. It was also destroyed in 70 AD, not just on any random day, but on the ninth of Av. The ninth of Av this year is coming up. It begins at sundown, August the 6th, and goes into all day Sunday, August the 7th. There will be believers from all streams, all denominations, from all over the earth, from many nations coming together for an online virtual prayer event to take time to repent on this day for all of the sins and atrocities committed against the Jewish people done in the name of Christ over the centuries. You can participate in this if you go to the website, the number 9-av.com, and click on the Join Us button, and you can get involved and participate in that day of prayer, repentance prayer. I believe as we take that time to repent, for our corporate church sins done by our church forefathers against the Jewish people, that this helps to dismantle the wall between Jews and Christians and helps to build a bridge between Jews and Christians. And ultimately, this is God's heart, because one day the two sticks of Ezekiel chapter 37, the stick of Judah, that is the Jews, and the stick of Joseph, that is, the non-Jews, will become one stick in the hand of the Lord. So, this dedication prayer of this temple is tremendous. I encourage you to meditate on this, reflect on this, and ask God to give you a heart and even a vision for a third temple. There will be a third temple. It's prophesied in the book of Ezekiel. The closing chapters, Ezekiel 44, 45, 46, are all about the, the future third temple. And Yeshua will rule and reign for a thousand years from Jerusalem. And, of course, the earthly temple is a shadow and a copy of the temple that exists now in heaven. And all the protocols that are outlined, the sacrifices, the altar, all of that, it is a copy and a shadow picture of what happens in heaven. 
And so this is a glimpse of heaven. The temple needs to be front and center in our thinking. We need to desire and pray for that third temple to come to pass. As we study the temple, as we pray for our future third temple, the sages of Israel say that when we study the temple, we are helping and we are participating in the rebuilding of it. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.